0: Episode 198.
1: And now, here is singer songwriter, broadcaster, audio video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And Happy New
0: Year, everybody! Welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Yes, it's our first show for the year 2019. Delighted to have you ladies and gentlemen with us today. Um, I want to talk about peace and love today. Peace and love. Yeah, does anybody remember uh, something called Woodstock? (laughs) And there was a couple of, um, you know, cloned Woodstocks after the original 1969 Woodstock. And, um... It's funny, I, I was just thinking about this song, and um, I just decided to drag it out of the archive. It's something I wrote uh, about four or five, maybe even six years ago, and I demoed it, and I it was kind of like stuck in my head. I had to just, I just couldn't walk away from this. And it was something I wish I had written back in 1969, but I was, I think I was 12 or 13, I think at the time. Um, and uh, I wasn't even playing or singing. had no idea I was going to be a musician. But it was kind of a throwback to those times of uh, this, the late 60s. And I just wanted to share this sentiment and this idea of peace and love. And also, we're going to talk about Woodstock. Should we do another one? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, there's been a couple, as I said, subsequent to the 1969 one, there were kind of, I, I heard, sort of disasters um, as, as far as trying to recreate what we did the first time. So we're going to talk all about Max Yasger. We're going to talk about uh, the 400,000. We're going to talk about Joni Mitchell writing that hit song, Woodstock, and uh, performed by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and I think Young was with them at the time, and, um, and also talk about Peace and Love. So you better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride.
1: Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders, and organisations like Non-Profit corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career. Now in 71 countries and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres, we know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to James at the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Yes,
0: yeah, so the Woodstock phenomenon. I just have to talk about this. It's so cool. I was uh, checking out some of the backstory on it, and I didn't realize that, um, you know, what happened was, uh, from what I gathered on some of these YouTube videos, that the promoters had selected Woodstock as the place for the concert, the 1969 phenomenal concert. And, um, what they didn't realize was the permitting issue became a big deal. And I think it was like, look, you can't, you can't have any more than 5,000 people. And, uh, so they had already sold, I think it was like 150,000 tickets or something. And, um, you know they were in, they were really in deep trouble. They were like, "What are we going to do?" So I guess they got a hold of Max Yasger, who was over in Bethel, which is adjacent to Woodstock. It's not; it's a different town completely. And uh, Max had this huge dairy farm, and uh, lo and behold, the concert ended up happening there. But by the time they um, they realized they were out of time, out of money, out of resources, and the date was upon them they had a choice to either spend labor, material, and money on either fencing or the stage. (laughs) They chose, let's spend it on the stage. And uh, what happened was it just became a free concert after that because there was no way to manage the amount of people. The estimates were like over 400,000 people that ended up coming to the, uh, to the show. And can you imagine, I just cannot imagine, like, I have trouble with 40,000 people, let alone, you know, I like watching it. I like, I'm into it. And I, I love the whole concept, concept of it was very peaceful. It was a very, um, you know, calm environment. There was like, there was only one incident through that whole three days where, I think they burned some guy's hamburger stand down because he was charging too much. But, you know, that aside, there was no violence. There was no, you know, there was no uh, gang-related incidents. There was no rapes. There was was nothing, you know, that went on like, like things that go on today. It wasn't like that back then. And I don't know why, because for such a large crowd, you'd think that there would be some kind of, Outbreak of of some of that kind of craziness going on, but it just didn't happen. So it was really, really uh, incredible to be a witness to this from afar. I I did not go to the show. I was kind of a little bit too young, um, and it was kind of like I just was under the threshold of, you know, it'd been another year or two, I would have been there probably. Now, I do recall the song, the song Woodstock was amazing, and my first um, orientation of this song was with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young when they came out with that album, and it was on that record, and I didn't know that Joni Mitchell had written this, and if you ever listen to both versions, her version was so different than what Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young did. with was, It was really an incredible uh, piece of music. You know, I stand corrected there. Um, I think it was Crosby, Stills, Nash uh, put that song out on their album. But I think Neil Young was with them when they performed at Woodstock. So I'm pretty sure they performed that together. Anyway, um, I want to just read a little bit. I found this uh, cool little article about Joni here uh, by Clara Scott. It was 1969 at a dairy farm in the Catskills of New York the August sun glaring heavily down on the backs of 400,000 patrons. The small town of Bethel was overrun with young people. They were there for the Woodstock Music and Art Festival, whose organizers originally only expected 50,000 to come. Instead, the three days of the festival marked a pivotal moment in American cultural history. Woodstock became a symbol of freedom, which encompassed some of the most iconic moments in music during that time. Carlos Santana climbed the stage scaffolding. The Grateful Dead performed until they blew out their amps, and legends like Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix inspired generations to come. Struck by the event, Joni Mitchell wrote her masterpiece, Woodstock, which she shared with then-boyfriend Graham Nash to perform at the festival. The song became a lasting image of those three days, but also an anthem of the phenomenon that is that era's counterculture a piece of the Aquarian age which serves as a window into the past. The real power of the song comes with its timelessness. Mitchell's core sentiment of getting back to the garden is a universal desire, especially for those who work towards change. Her lyrics go beyond the tune itself, functioning as a poetic reflection on the festival's meaning within the late 1960s zeitgeist. To Mitchell, we are all stardust, golden, billion-year-old carbon, All the same, in the dream to move forward in our lives and societies, Woodstock 69 was the tipping point for this movement in music culture, an event which united thousands of young people to collectively celebrate the art of their time. This unification was made even more poignant by the looming presence of Vietnam, as anti-war efforts reached a fever pitch within counterculture and the general population alike. Mitchell even weaves the war into Woodstock, seeing bombers turning into butterflies in the skies above her. Though it seems like a blip in history from the present perspective, Woodstock was a phenomenon which meant more than just what occurred during those three days. It was an incredible collection of the era's most famous and culturally pervasive musicians, poster children for the free love movement, the rebirth of folk, the height of rock and roll, and the rise of funk. Even with this, the legacy of Woodstock 69 goes beyond its iconic music and instead lies within the intention of the thousands who attended. The festival was a unique moment to come together in a time of political and social turmoil, an opportunity to collectively shout against the powers which held back America's inevitable evolution. It was an effort to rebuild the country's soul or at least mark a turning point clearly within cultural history, a chance for thousands of young people to be, as Mitchell sings, a cog in something turning. In a time where music festivals saturate the popular sphere, it's important to remember Woodstock as a benchmark for what they can truly offer to society. Though festivals like Coachella and Lollapalooza are slowly slowly being lost to commercialism, there is still a nugget of cultural importance in the idea that they are built on. When that many young, interested, and musically savvy people gather in one place, there is always the potential for social and artistic change. Woodstock 69 held incredible meaning during its time, and still does today, reminding us of the power that unity in art and culture can have in periods of chaos. As Mitchell writes, our country is too often caught in the devil's bargain of greed and disillusionment. It's the responsibility of counterculture to reel against this bargain through a collision of innovative art and social awareness, no matter how hard it may seem. Woodstock's status as one of, if not the most famous festival in American music history, acts as evidence that unity and the celebration of art can truly shift the course of culture to pursue a different future. That festivals had the potential to help us find quote, the garden, unquote, of change we all seek. And again, that article was by Clara Scott from the Michigan Daily and just published very, very uh, recently. And great job on that, Clara. Thank you for sharing. So why did I get off on this whole Woodstock thing? You know, it was, it's all because of this song. And I have to credit uh, my dear new friend, Laura Cheadle, for this, uh, because <laughs> Laura is a hippie. And she's a she's a very young artist out of the um, out of the Philadelphia Southern Jersey area, and um, you know having a kick-ass career right now. And the last interview we did together, which you guys should check out, de one seventy-six. here my interview with Laura, and she's a hippie. And it was so cool because, uh, she was like, her place is all done sort of like, you know, it looks like Woodstock. It looks like 1969, like her place and the way she dresses and everything. And it's, um, very attractive on her by the way. So check out Laura and you can support her career. And, uh, she's got the whole hippie bug going on. So, uh, you can dig it. Um, anyway, I, during that interview, this this song flashed in my mind, which I'm gonna play for you shortly, called "Peace and Love." And it was so funny when I wrote it, I was like this this is nothing that I would ever I don't think I would play this out anywhere, you know myself. um, but maybe somebody would be interested in covering this someday. But it was one of those ones that just pestered at me and I just felt like I had to write it because I was looking at um I was looking at the event through you know, the eyes of other people because I was just a little bit too young for the event to to go myself. So uh, I, I still wanted to participate from afar. So even though this is many, many years later, I got a chance to participate. So Peace and Love was born. Um, You know, another side note, I just want to comment on, you know, I was coming up for draft material in the next like you know, years years to come, a few short years to come. But this um, event, I always look back and say, these people were very, very brave. They did things in such a peaceful way, like take that Woodstock concert, for example, and there's no violence, but people were speaking their minds through their artistry, through their music, through showing up and and having a, you know, a wonderful three days, I mean, wonderful not really my cup of tea. I don't want to slide around in the mud for three days, dude. I, I'm just not wired that way. I mean, I love seeing the movie after it was done and, and listen to the record to death when it came out. But uh, I don't know about that, you know, going hungry and no bathroom facilities. <laughs> but they seem to, like, they seem to really just kind of, like, roll with it, you know? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But But the other piece of that is you had all these people doing like these peaceful marches and, you know, they're burning draft cards and things like that. But people were just saying no to the Vietnam War all across this country. And I just got to hand it to them. They got it done and they saved God knows how many lives because I think I was 16 or maybe I was just turned 17. I was coming up for, I was supposed to, um, uh, sign up for the draft. And and the war, you know, had ended. And right about that time when I was due to go sign up, they ended, they abolished the draft. They just stopped it. And I was like, wow, you know, dodged a bullet there. And I remember sitting in the living room with my brother when his his number, he was two years older than me. And he was, you know, he came in at number, like if you had a real low number, it's like almost a guarantee you're going so his friend's sitting there with him, and he drew, like, a number five or a number six, and my brother drew, like, a number 358 or something. And I, I don't know what those numbers mean right now. I just remember sitting there, like, sweating bullets saying, you know, is this is he going to get, like, sent off to war? You know, because I knew guys from the old neighborhood who just didn't come back. You know, they're older than, much older than I am, but I remember it was so shocking. It was like, what happened to... um to this guy. His name was Gerald DeRosa, lived down the street from me in West Orange. And um, you know, he went off to war and he never came back. And there were so many like that. And it was just it was just so tragic um, to watch that unfold. So I have to hand it to the music, the counterculture, all the things I was talking about in uh, in Clara Scott's blog there you know, really amazing that, uh, Joni, like, you know, hit the nail on the head when she wrote this song, Woodstock, it was just an incredible song, the lyrics, and quite frankly, when I was listening to the song, I never knew all the lyrics, I couldn't figure out what they were saying until I read Joni's, um, lyrics, and said, wow, this song is deeper than I ever thought, because Crosby, Stills, Nash, when you heard that song, you were just like, you were just captured by it, you know, um, I just thought it was about the event more than all the other political things. So peace and love, what is that all about? So I'm going to just lay on the lyrics of my uh, take on you know the whole peace and love and Woodstock and and I'm hoping we are able to embrace a little bit more of the peace and love thing uh, going into 2019 than uh, the last couple years have been really brutal around the world with the non peace and love. Hey, do you guys know where the peace sign originally came from? I'm gonna cover that right after this.
1: Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. 10 amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, the title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor.
0: You know, I always wondered when I saw the peace sign, I'm like, I don't understand because there was like, you know, we'd always hold up two fingers for the peace sign, right? So what is this deal with the three fingers down and one, up? Uh, like it was always so confusing to me. And um, it's actually in 1958, this British artist, Gerald Holtham, um, designed this thing for a campaign for nuclear disarmament, which was having its first major march in England. So what he did was, this guy explained, he used semaphore and for those of you who don't know what semaphore is, it's, it's kind of, I think they still use it today um, on ships. You ever see the guys coming in uh, with the uh, fighter pilots, and they're coming onto the aircraft carrier, and the guys are using flags. And the flags, they all have different symbols with the two flags up and two side to side, one up, one down. So what he did is he took the letter N and the letter D and he superimposed those on a piece of paper, drew a circle around it, and lo and behold, there's the peace sign. And uh I I still don't know, you know, how it became a peace sign, but it's kind of cool. Everybody seems to dig it. I mean, my friend Laura, that's her that's her sign-off. She uses her, you know. When she's uh, signing off on an on a Instagram quote or something, she uses the peace sign all the time. Very cool. I like the peace sign a lot. We, we need more of that to permeate into our DNA to remind us to be uh, peaceful. So I thought that was something you could use at your next cocktail party. Hey, dude, you know where the peace sign came from? So uh, check that one out. And by the way, for those thinking of taking a visit to Woodstock, um, you know, the... Bethel is different than Woodstock. That's where the Woodstock 1969 performance was was held. I don't know about the other two um, exactly where they were held, but I heard they didn't go well with like there was, there was violence and things. Um, I I don't know all the details, so I shouldn't speak to it. But but it just I don't feel like we need to try to keep trying to recreate this. I know one of the promoters is out on his high horse. He's trying to market 2000. Uh, 19 as being hey we're gonna do it again the 50 years or something I, I just think it's kind of like you, you're not gonna you're not gonna capture that same that period of time is gone it, it did its blessing for us so you know trying to revisit that I, I just don't think it works we're different people now things have changed um, but we can learn from what was created and take the benefits and put them to use you uh, in our in our minds, thoughts and actions of of you know how we participate in daily life. I think that's the way to do it. But trying to go back and and recreate that again is just is just never going to happen. What do you guys think? Um, and by the way, what I was going to say about Woodstock is a beautiful place, and if you ever get a chance to ride through there um in the in the lyrics i'm gonna play for you here i'm gonna i'm gonna just narrate these for you i say i visit often woodstock i don't anymore i did a few years back but i still love it when i take a ride upstate and i have the time i spin through the town maybe have a cup of coffee see who's playing at one of the local clubs and um you can still see real authentic hippies out on the street, man, doing their things. And you look and you go, is it really 1969? Did I just sail through a time warp off the interstate? And it's, um, it's so unspoiled. And it's just not overbuilt. or It's just a very quiet, beautiful little town. And people do their thing and enjoy life. So um, kicking off uh, this new year, I want to thank all you guys for all the support you've done for the Dharmic Evolution over the last year. It's been a really great year of growth. And uh, if you haven't checked out the uh, show on our YouTube channel, the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel, go over there and you can see all of these interviews I do with my guests who come on the show. We've got a great lineup coming up um, for this whole year, so um, stay tuned for that. And go to DharmicEvolution.com. And uh, you can leave comments on the blog there. Tell us what you're thinking, if you're digging it, if you're having a good time. Facebook community page, we're on there. You can post your content. Are you an author, speaker, thought leader? Are you a singer, songwriter? Would you like to come on this show and have me do an infomercial for you? Reach out to us. You can get us on the blog. You can email us. We're all over the place. Just type in my name, Dharmic Evolution, anything at all. All of our stuff comes up. Want to wish you guys a fabulous new year. And uh, now I'm going to just um, say goodbye and play you this song. I'm going to just uh, lay the lyrics on you. And uh, I'll catch you next time on The Dharmic Evolution. Had a pretty good time back in 1969. I was a little too young for Woodstock. So I visit often now. Tie-dye shirts. Crimson Cows, and Love. Hey, just two words changed everyone. Turned a lot of heads down in Washington. You can't fight free will with a bigger gun. Hey, what's all this crap about peace and love? Don't you know I'm in the middle of a re-election? Yeah, peace and love. Hey, it's easy, man. You don't need to have a plan. It's in the Holy Bible and Koran. A far out, man, I like livin' with a cruisin' tan. A little taste of livin' off the land. It's such an easy thing to understand. When East meets West, there will be peace and love. I remember waking up in a daze, staring through a purple haze. We'd all gather round to watch the evening news. Praying that someone had the brains to blow out the fuse. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Flower power? Hell no, we won't go. While the jungle bleeds red with teenage dead. What the hell we doing playing giant steps on the moon? It's amazing how we seem to find. A way to tiptoe around the landmines. I stretch my hand out, connect to you. Hey, brother to brother, just twin reflections of one another. Could we take a chance and say, could we take a chance and say, Namaste. Hey, Namaste. Peace and love. Hey, it's easy, man. You don't need to have a plan. It's in the Holy Bible and Koran. Hey, far out, man. I like living with a Crucian tan. A little taste of living off the land, it's such an easy thing to understand. When East meets West, there will be peace and love. (laughs)
2: 1969 I was a little too young for Woodstock So I visit often now Tie-dye shirts and crimson cows alone. It just two words changed everyone Turned a lot of heads down in Washington You can't fight free will with a bigger gun It will all this crap about people? Peace and love, don't you know I'm in the middle of a re-election Yeah, peace and love, hey, it's easy man You don't need to have a plan It's in the Holy Bible and Koran Yeah, hey, far out man, I like living with the crucian hands a little taste of living off the land is such an easy thing to understand. When East meets West, there will be peace and love. I remember waking up in a daze, staring through a purple haze. We all gather round to watch the evening news Praying that someone had the brains to blow out the fuse It has one small step for man One giant leap for mankind Flower power hell no we won't go While the jungle bleeds red with teenage dead What the hell we doing playing giant steps on the moon yeah, peace and love. It's easy, man. You don't need to have a plan. It's in the Holy Bible and Koran. Yeah, far out, man. I like living with the Crucian tan. A little taste of living off the land. It's such an easy thing to understand. When East meets West, there will be peace and love. It's amazing how we seem to find a way to tiptoe around the landmines. I stretch my hand out, connect to you. Yeah, brother to brother Just twin reflections of one another Could we take a chance And say Could we take a chance and say Namaste Yeah, namaste Yeah, peace and love it's easy, man, you don't need to have a plan It's in the Holy Bible and Koran yeah, Far out, man, I like living with the Crucian Tan A little taste of living off the land It's such an easy thing to understand When East meets West End,